I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, May 11, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're going to take the market from a couple of different perspectives today. There's lessons to be learned from both sides of the coin. And I don't mean the bull and the bear side. I mean the intraday side and the daily side and beyond. So we're going to take a look at both. But have no fear. We're going to play umpire and we will look at both sides of the tape. We'll look at the bear side, we'll look at the bull side, and the reason is primarily because we want to insert a little bit of market psychology into the mix today. We want to discuss a little bit about the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. Who are they for the newcomers here? Those are the folks that make sure that whenever you buy something or sell something, whatever the case is, let's say you buy X amount of shares of Apple, as soon as you buy it, You're the last one in, and the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew immediately drop the price, making you think that you were wrong. You know the rest. That's on a micro scale. We're going to take a look at what they do on a macro scale from the S&P 500's perspective. We've got more stuff on the docket, but you know what? Let's get rolling, and it'll just come out as we go along. Where are we on the daily chart? What jumps off the screen as it stands today? Is there anything different than from what we saw in the weekend video? And the answer is no, because if you look at the SPY, you'll see closing price today, 292.62. Closing price on Friday, 292.44. So it's basically a flat day, up a little bit. The aftermarket, it's down a little bit. No big deal either way. The market is essentially in the same position that it left us on Friday. What is that position? It's a bullish position when considering the short-term uptrend. As long as the market stays above, and this is important, the market stays above 288. It's not the exact number to the penny. Inside the numbers, members will have the number if needed. As long as the market remains closing daily above 288, she's good, and there is more upside on the horizon. The flip side is closing hourly is the first sign below 288. Further that, close daily below 288 and you're likely challenging the 20 period moving average at that point or close to it. Keep in mind, the 20 period moving average is trending higher as time goes on. So each and every day that goes on, the 20 period moving average will creep up toward price. Remember, the market doesn't like to get too far away from home base. Home base is the 20 period moving average. And at present, it really isn't too far away from home base. So that's the south side. Let's talk about the north side. I think this is important. In fact, I don't think. I know this is important. So we're basically challenging the old highs. The old highs from the 29th of April. The market can certainly run some time off the clock, spend another day or so going sideways, build some energy, and then have another push higher into those or around those moving averages. That's the current schematic we're working off of. We don't know whether the market's going to trade sideways for another couple of days, but we're working off the schematic where it's likely to go higher into those moving averages, give or take. Our zone is 297.5 to 302.5. 
give or take something on either side. Now, here's something that we discussed last week because it happened last week. We're going to discuss it again. We don't know if it'll happen. It's an awareness that we should have. Maybe we need it for Tuesday. Maybe we need it for another day this week. Maybe we don't need it at all. It's an awareness that we need to have. If the market's not going to trade through a certain area during the trading day, whether it's a resistance area or support zone down below, it has a tendency to gap above or below said area. What's that area we're discussing right now? It's the high from the 29th. That high in the spider chart is 294.88. The high today is an even 294. Let me just double check that. High of day, 294 on the button. They can certainly trade through it, but again, it's the awareness of if in fact we see the market gapping above that number Tuesday morning for argument's sake. Couple of things going on. A, if they're real bullish, they'll keep going. It'll be a gap and go right into that zone. But if they come back to check in at or run a test at what? 294.88. So let's say they gap up and I'm making up numbers here. 295 and a half. Then all of a sudden, 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes later into the morning session, all of a sudden they're trending down to run a test of the 294.88, which was what? The former high. Why is that? Because what is once resistance will become support once above. It works both ways. So when you break a support level, that has a tendency to become resistance as they try and trade back up. Inside the numbers members know this routine because we trade this routine on a regular basis. Could there be a better segue? Of course not. I'm the one that made it up. Let's keep it real simple for today in terms of the commentary and then we'll get to stocks on the move. And you'll want to see stocks on the move. Here's the basic routine. We have a real important number on the board, 2902 in the S&P E-mini futures contract. We looked at that over the weekend. We discussed the fact that it happens to be a gap. Above the gap, they're bullish. Reaching the gap, below the gap, so reaching the gap and then continuing to trade or get rejected at the gap, trading below the gap, that has the signs of being bearish, but until and unless they're really rejected, it's not necessarily bearish just yet. They can make a few attempts to get over the gap. So essentially what happened? So Friday they closed well above the gap. Early this morning they're trading lower. So we have to start identifying the important stuff down below. We have 2900, which is a big fat round number. We have 2902.5, which is the gap. We have 28.92 and then we have 28.77 to 28.80 so we're pre-prepared no matter what happens in the morning session this is posted long before the opening bell even rings we also know that we have an early morning high to contend with if need be and you'll see that come up later on in the session as the market recovered and started trading higher so we're always discussing both sides of the tape. Let's scroll up a little bit and see what else we have on the board. Early thoughts. She's going to open with the bears in possession of the ball. Says position should be possession. We all know about the possibility of the morning shakeout and the buy the dip crowd. Now let's think back to what happened. It was a morning shakeout and then the buy the dip crowd showed up. This is also posted on the board before the opening bell. 
9.32, we start in with stocks on the move. I didn't show you them yet, but here's a taste test. SPCE did the deal. Great job to those traders who participated. We'll take a look at those in a moment. UAL was a different story. First, it tried to rally, failed, rallied again. But we'll take a look at that one as well. Let's continue moving along. The bottom line is that they did the shakeout, find stability, buy the dip crowd showed up, the market started trading higher, they immediately recaptured, and I urge you to start and stop the video, or I should say stop and restart the video at your leisure, read the notes, go back to the chart and see what happened in the time frame, what happened after the note was posted. Keep doing that, go back and forth, See if you think this is something of value. Once they got back above 29.02, the bulls were back in charge and we begin discussing where the resistance areas are. Just check out the 10.20 post as an example. Current look the easy way. Above 29.02 and a half and they'll want to work up to 29.15 to the 17 area. There's another gap we mentioned right above 29.21.50. Here's a quick chart of the ES contract. 15 minutes, you know the routine. Everything to the right of the vertical line. Here's the first candle of the day. They ripped higher. Well, I shouldn't say ripped higher. They trended higher. You can see what happened in this candle of the day, 10.45. Remember the post was long before that. The high in this candle is 29.16.75. So right in that zone, they traded sideways for about an hour. And then all of a sudden... After trading sideways to do what? Build energy to work their way higher. Where do you learn how this all works? You guessed it, lazyeminitrader.com. That's the course. That's where you learn the foundation of how the markets work. This is basically the three-pillar approach for those of you that don't know. These videos are posted each and every day after the market closes. The course teaches you the foundation of how the market works, and inside the numbers, gives you everything I've got for the trading day. Those folks that are active in the trading day that want to trade either stocks on the move or the S&P 500, the SPY, an exchange-traded fund, options on the S&P, the ES contract, whatever you want. So let's roll up the screen here and let you see the rest of the commentary because frankly, there wasn't a lot to do. Once they blew past the resistance area, they stopped there for about an hour, but once they blew past it, that put the morning highs, and this is the pre-market highs, on the table. They didn't get there yet, but this is the area we may see tonight. They may gap above it tomorrow, so that's something that we have to watch out for. So let me finish scrolling up. Then what we'll do is take a look at stocks on the move. And by the way, you know what happened this morning. A lot of bears jumped on board. They bought puts, and they got what? You know the routine. They got an apple pie in the face. That's just the way it works. These were the Johnny-come-latelys buying puts right at the opening bell, thinking the market's going to scale down. What happened? Goes down a little bit. A few minutes later, they begin to rip it back up. Now that you saw all the notes from the commentary, let's take a look at stocks on the move. Out of this list, we had four hit their price objectives or price targets today. UAL, CLR, RCL, and not to be left out, SPCE. We're going to take a quick look at these charts, see what happened in terms of the you-know-what, the good, the bad, and the fugly, if fugly exists. First, we'll take a look at UAL. This is a five-minute chart, and you can see the stock 
tried to stop at the 2418 in the beginning of the day. In fact, it did stop there in the first minute of the day. Low in the first minute of the day is what? 2418. The stock ripped up to make a high of 2464 only in the first minute, and then it scaled down. So it traded around that number for a while. Then it started breaking down to do what? Go to the second number. Why am I spending time on this? Because there's a lesson to be learned. There's a stop listed on the board. The stop happened to be 23.32 on hourly close. The stock never traded to 23.32. So the trade remains active. So here's the way this works. You see two price targets close together. Why is that? Because I can make an equal case for both prices. So what do I do? I put them both on the board. What do you do? You buy half a position at the first, second half at the second. You don't have to do this. You can wait for the second. You can leave the second alone. It's trader's choice. This is just what I do most of the time. I'm passing on the benefit of what I think works for me. So if you did that, you have an average cost. It's just under $24 a share. So after it bottomed, the stock made a high of 24.55. It's not a great trade. It's a base hit. It's like a bunt for base hit. So what? It's not a losing trade. It's a profit. A profit is a profit. They're not all going to be rocket rides. They're not all going to be doubles and triples. Base hits are the bread and butter. Some base hits are better than others. This one was okay. What it does do is again shows you the importance of these numbers. Look how the stock respected Both these numbers. Maybe the numbers are off by a few pennies. Either way, they don't always have to stop on a dime. But it's a general zone. How about Continental Resources, CLR? This one was unique. Here's where the stock closed on Friday. It closed at a price of 15.06. Stock actually traded all around this morning. So by the time the market opened, it was trading up. It traded to a high of 15.64 only to reverse... It was a rope of dope for the bulls. The Johnny-come-latelys that were hopping on board got their reverse pie in the face. And what happened? Look at this. Pay attention. The stock comes straight down, hardly stopping along the way to where? 14, 15, give or take a few pennies. What does it do? It turns around and goes back in the other direction. Why is that? Because the stock was headed for a destination. What do the stocks do when they get to destination? One of two things. They either turn around and they go back home or back in the other direction, or they hang out for a cup of coffee because they're going to be headed for another destination. This one went all the way back up to 15 bucks on a $14 stock to go up 85 cents, picking off the low or within pennies of the low, I would say qualifies for at minimum of a double or triple. On a $14 stock, that is a rocket ride. How about Royal Caribbean? Here's the close on Friday, $39.87. Getting a haircut turns into a buzz cut. Where does it find stability? Where does it find support? It finds support at the destination, $37.90, give or take a few pennies on either side. Took a while, finally got going. You got an immediate rally up to a high of $38.37, but then you finally got 
the real deal all the way up to a high of $38.99. Some are easier to trade than others. The reason I show you this is really to display, A, the importance of the numbers, and to show you the variety of different types of trades they can turn into. You never really know exactly what's going to happen. That's precisely why I recommend taking some profit along the way, let's call it at a 1% gain, and letting the rest go for more, but you don't let the remaining portion of your position go against you. You don't let it go past or south of your break-even or entry point. This way, you get the best of both worlds. You'll be stopped out on some, and you'll get the rocket ride on others. How about the hot dot, SPCE, Virgin Galactic, 1863, after a haircut from Friday's close at 2018. Why did it turn around at 1863, give or take a few pennies on either side? Because that was the destination. It had to do a double check at the destination, but it found that the destination was in fact the destination, finally turned around, went back in the other direction. Look at this high up here, 1999. And that's, of course, plus shipping and handling. On an entry from 1863 to get all the way up to 1999, if a trader was able to hold on to that, most wouldn't be. Not after coming back down past or south of the entry point. I get all that, but it's the concept of what happened. After the initial bounce up to, let's call it, 1940, 1940 and change, Trick and Company had to show up for a secondary shakeout. That's not the point of any of this. The point is the numbers. The point is the destination. The point is, can you make consistent trades day after day after day? Can you even get a base hit after base hit after base hit? Because if you can, guess what happens? It's a lot of base hits, and if you get a lot of base hits, you're headed for the Hall of Fame. How about a short hop back over to the SPY? What's the hourly chart telling us? Above all the moving averages, the hourly chart is telling us it's basically going sideways, eating time off the clock. Can it come back down to check in at the 20-period moving average? It can, but this is a bull flag pattern in the making hourly chart. Where is it working its way up to? It's simply working its way up to these highs over here. We already talked about them. 294.87 in that ballpark. Since they didn't get there on the first run, they had to stop short, pull back, stop short, go sideways. The more often they do that, the more inclined we are to believe we can expect a gap over these prices in the morning. Now, we don't know that's going to happen. That's just what I see the night before on the chart. You don't know what you're going to wake up to. If we wake up to a gap down, we adjust accordingly, and we go after it in uniform inside the numbers. Anything material that we can draw away from in the IWM? Well, the IWM was down 1% today, so it was certainly leading in the downward direction. Favorite market leading indicator? Puzzle piece on the table. I know the bears out there were looking for something to hang their hat on, so we have item number one, maybe item number two, depending on how you took some of the other stuff. All in all, it's the same type of scenario that we find in the SPY chart. Maybe they're beginning to run sideways to build energy to challenge the former high up here. So if they did this for another couple of days, what are they doing? They're creating another bull flaggish type of formation to do like that, a continuation move to get past the highs. If they don't do that and they want to get above the highs, they may just gap and go. We know it's all the same market. They're all going to be doing the same thing. 
But we have to take notice, and by the way, that applies on the bigger moves. Market was flat today in terms of the SPY. Market was down today in IWM. We take notice of that. But if there's a bigger move on the horizon, one of these one and a half, two percent moves in the market over a day or day and a half or two, then they're all going to move together. Is the IWM telling us to beware of the south side? It's possible. That's why it's a puzzle piece and it's on the table. And if we have a gap down in the morning, what are we going to be looking at? We're going to be looking at the big fat round number. We're going to be looking at what? SPY 288. You should have wrote that down. In concert with the IWM is my second favorite market leading indicator, number one favorite canary in the coal mine. Down 1% today, about 100 points. Our folks down at the transportation department. We're still above the moving averages. Pretty good day on Friday. It's an inside day to Friday, so here's what we're going to do. We're not going to make anything of it one way or the other. Below Friday's low, something different. Above Friday's high, something different. Inside of Friday's range, meaning the high and the low, nothing we can do with that. It's just a sideways day. What's that like? It's like the other markets. We take note that it was down. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table, but without a close below Friday's low, we're just going to wait it out. Silicon Valley, what's going on with those folks out there? Again, the triple Qs, the NASDAQ, is the big dog. What's the big dog? The big dog is the driver in your golf bag. That's the club you can hit the farthest. That's the one you grip it and rip it. The NASDAQ market, the Qs, is telling us we haven't got the final destination but we're headed to fill that gap around 2.30 or higher. That's just the way it is. That's the duck. What's the duck? If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck. Don't make anything more out of it than that. We do that using the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, it's just the duck. 20% of the time, you take the mask off and it's something else. Masquerading as a duck. But that's the anomaly. That's the minority of the time. Not the majority of the time. What about the XLF? A little bit of a different story in the XLF. So we had this jump over the moving average on Friday, and now we had a jump down below the moving average on Monday. A little bit of a rope-a-dope. We know the story. Without the financials, the market's not going to get very far in either direction. So this is a puzzle piece. It's on the table, and the 20 and the 50 period moving average converging, trending lower, capping price now price can be in a bullish wedgish formation so we can certainly see an explosion to the upside that's possible but this market is also in a different position noted weaker position than the spy than the iwm than the transports and some other markets so this is of note it's definitely a puzzle piece and it's absolutely squarely on the table Positive sign on Friday popping above and finishing well for the day above those moving averages right back below today is a failure for now. Down 2% is not something small, but it's not on heavy volume. It's on good volume, not tremendous volume, not heavy volume, not even average volume, but it's more volume than Friday. That's where I raise at least one eyebrow. Friday was the up day, lighter volume. Today was a down day, heavier volume, raised eyebrow. One not raised, one raised. How about Smash Mouth? It's in a good position on the chart, so there's nothing wrong with it. It was down $1, less than 1%. It's a leading indicator of the tech space, 
but its position on the chart says there's nothing wrong until there is. We're not going to make a federal case out of this until and unless, first, they're below Friday's low. They're not, so we'll leave it alone. What did they do today? Earlier, they made a run for or a test of a breakdown candle high. The high is 138.10. They didn't quite get there, but they got within a stone's throw high of day. 137.70 fell off a little bit. We're not going to make anything more out of that than it is. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.